Okay, here we are post-holiday. And does anyone else feel like we were supposed to put our yoga pants away in 2021, but I'm keeping mine on for a little bit longer because I just indulged. You know, I had almost a week with my family and my family makes some amazing grub and incredible cocktails. And that is what I did for 10 days. And I am feeling, if I'm totally honest, incredibly uncomfortable in my body right now. It is not as energetic as it normally feels. My clothes are tighter, but here's the difference between diet culture mentality and intuitive eating and making peace with body. So in diet culture mentality, I would feel this discomfort and have this urgency in, I would feel this urgency to make a change. Like I need to go back to my schedule and I'm going to, you know, go crazy with dieting, fasting, I'm only eating fruits and vegetables and I'm going to work out twice a day. But in an intuitive eating piece with my body state, I just acknowledge, hey, I feel uncomfortable and that's okay. And actually that makes sense because I've spent the last week indulging, but I'm going to go back to my normal routine and in time my body, I trust that my body can adapt and adjust. For today's episode, I'm actually going to share a session I had with a client this past week who is feeling these same things and we talk through the process of letting go of the scale and trying to move away from extreme thinking about these holiday foods. And just so you guys have some background on our sessions, I have met with this client for several weeks. We began meeting prior to Thanksgiving And her goal is food freedom. She no longer wants to feel trapped in that cyclic diet binge mentality. And so we started with the first step in intuitive eating, which is really identifying the hunger and satiety cues. And that's what she practiced throughout the holiday season. Bear with me because the audio is not perfect. This was my first time recording a interview, but uh, I think the content is so good that it was worth the off audio. All right, here we go. What's up, friends? Welcome to the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. It's time to finally break up with dieting and choose to live boldly and unapologetically in that bodacious body of yours. If you've had enough of your inner awesome being eclipsed by body hate and you're drowning in that sea of nutrition info out there, girl, I made this podcast for you. Become the healthiest and most energized version of yourself through confidence, food freedom, faith, and body empowerment from science-backed nutrition and energizing foods with a little wiggle room. Because who doesn't want a side of donuts and a little wine does the body good? (laughs) I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we can finally live free in our own bodies. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee or lace up those running shoes and let's dive in to today's show. So I think we should start with, so I feel like I had been doing so well, Mm -hmm. like, and you know, I'm a goal oriented person. So for me to go, Yes, I am eating the colorful plates. I am doing the protein, checking all my little boxes. And yet, okay, now it's the holidays. So we went to Roswell and we did my mom's and everything. And I felt like the rule that I was supposed to stick to, you know, my rules, Uh was um, if I wanted to eat the things, that's fine. But Mm -hmm. then just staying to my satiety rules. So stopping at like 
really an early eight, I feel like, like seven, eight was consistent. So I'm like, yay, I got through the holidays. I did it. Like I did all the right things, even though I wasn't eating the colors and the proteins through that like five day window. But I didn't feel like I felt really proud of myself and I felt good about the whole process. And then I weighed when we got home. And, you know, it was, I was up, what did I tell you? Seven pounds or something like crazy amount of weight gain. Cause I felt like I could tell it wasn't like, Oh, I'm just, it was like, I can tell I've gained weight. Like my, I feel like I have, I feel so yucky. And so I kind of was wondering like, but I followed all the rules. So I'm sure that I haven't really gained that much and it's going to be fine. Again, going back to like, what do I weigh as like this baseline of, is this working? Mm-hmm. But then, and like I messaged you, I felt so defeated. Like I actually cried because I felt like this isn't working. <laughs> it was too I, good to be true. It was too good to be true. <laughs> I obviously can't eat what I want without gaining a ton of weight in four days. Like how is this even possible? Mm-hmm. And then all the questions came through of like, what did I do wrong? How do I get this off immediately? What new diet should I start? Should I do keto for a couple of weeks? Like all of that mm-hmm. and rushing in. So we'll start with all of that. Okay. So, and have you weighed yourself again or was that? Yes. Okay. Any chance? And yes. Um, some of it is off. I think I'm only up like three pounds now, maybe from, so it's, it, and I feel a lot better okay. and I'm back to my colors and my protein and my workouts are, and like my energy is phenomenal. Like I feel really good. Like I feel really great. right now. And, um, so I'm feeling a little more trusting of the process right now, but I think it's like a couple things came up for me from that experience. One is unhealthy food equals weight gain. Another thing was, um, I feel guilty when my weight gain go, when my weight goes up that I, I did something wrong. Okay. And I feel an immediate pressure to, lose weight. And then I still feel pressure that there's an ideal weight for me that I'm not at. Okay. So unhealthy food equals weight gain. Mm -hmm. Guilt. I feel guilty about eating the unhealthy food, quote unquote. Yeah. And it's always, no matter what I weigh, Jess, it's always 10 pounds less, right? When I was 140, I wanted to be 130. When I was 150, I wanted to be 140. Right now I want to be 150. Like it's always like this 10 pound elusive goal. Well, we've got three things there. So we can, we need to unpack each one for sure. I and mean, let's start with the pressure to weigh a certain amount since you're already kind of going down that road. I mean, I think a lot of times we think, okay, negative relationship with the scale means I get on the scale and I obsess and I obsess and I weigh all the time. Cause that like, there's usually, we go through a period of time where that's normal. And if we don't do that anymore, we think, oh, I don't have a bad relationship with the scale anymore. So I'm fine. But I'm wondering if like the, the negativity just kind of came into a different form, you know? And that, that bad relationship, because if you get on and you still feel a pressure to weigh a certain amount, like you're missing the whole process of this journey and this relationship with food and having a better relationship with your body, because there's still this like external determinant of your success rather than, you know, and even like, look, to look at the last few days, it's like you were up six to seven pounds and you're already down three. And so there's this huge difference. Like, did you gain six pounds of fat? No. But you were eating higher calorie foods. There's probably more, you know, sodium or alcohol. All of those things are going to change the what your body's holding on to, right? Your fluid balance. It's going to change how much feces is like literally in your yeah. intestines, and then that's mass. And so all those things. And if 
if you're so caught up in the number that that freaks you out, I mean, I don't know. I'm still like, do you have to weigh? Is that something that has to happen? Because if if you can't appreciate the flexibility and you get like cornered into like that, there's a good or bad, wrong or right number, the scale doesn't serve you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like this weird, it's, it's still in the, in my mind. Like I hear you and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds so great. That sounds, that sounds right. But then I'm like, but I still want to weigh 145. Like, why is that still like this elusive, like achiever goal in my mind? And I think it's because I know what I look like at that weight. Mm -hmm. I love how I look at that weight. And I'm super, when I was 150 and going to the gym all the time, I had a little definition. I felt really strong at that weight. So like I'm associating yes. that as an ideal place. Mm-hmm. And the achiever in me goes, well, are you there yet? Like, let's get on the scale and see if this is working for you. But it's not, a, the problem is not the problem, but the difference is this is not a solution for weight loss. That's right. the difference. Right. And it's like, are you doing the exact same things you were doing at that 145? So 140, in other words, 145 is going to look totally different at different points in your life. You know, mm-hmm. have you had two kids at that point? What kind of workouts were you doing? At what, what age were you? Because you're going to hold um, lean mass differently. So there's a lot at play and 145 can be super different today as opposed to, I mean, what was it? Was it two years ago or was it? I looked great though. <laughs> <laughs> that and that's where that association's coming in, right? And, then, and not working for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I felt like, and I knew, like, okay, this A is unhealthy. Not the workout part; that was fine. I let, I loved that, and I think that was mm-hmm. that is fine. I think for today, my thirty minute here at home is more realistic, and probably mm-hmm. long term, much more realistic than me spending two hours commuting to a gym. It's not something I want to do anymore. Right. So that's that. The second piece of it is the cycling through keto to carbine keto. Like I knew that wasn't healthy long-term mm-hmm. and I wanted to be free of that. And I want to be free and I don't want to go back to that place, but I still want to be 150 and look that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could, does it have to be all or nothing? I mean, could it be th- this idea of not having the cycling and, you know, feeling more like it's a lifestyle pattern and you've got these new workouts, but maybe, I mean, is there a way to redefine the 150? Because you're attaching all the success to that number, which it makes sense. Like you said, the achiever in you says, okay, when I weighed that 145, 150, I felt good and looked good and was energetic. Could we just attach a different success metric? I'm open to it. I mean, yeah, it could be a pair of pants. I, I'm, I'm yeah. a huge fan of using clothes to guide you instead of numbers. So I'll give you an example. Okay. So I had this pair of, uh, and this was actually totally accidental, but, um, my weight popped up higher than it's been in forever in the last few weeks. And I'd been weightlifting and doing some more in that area. So I was like, maybe it's muscle, but I don't know. No, this is a weird number to see. Cause I have not been this high since I was pregnant. Like I wasn't even this high in college when I was super unhealthy. So I was like, what is it? And I, it was kind of bothering me, but I didn't want to mess with it too much, you know? And then I went and I put on these pajama pants or Christmas pajama pants that last year fit me terribly. And I put them on and I was like, oh my gosh, these look good, you know? And it was, I was like, okay, so I've got to re, like, I've got to let that number go because it does creep in. Um, but a pair of pants can tell you, I think, so much more mm. than the number because they're, the number does not capture the fluid, you know, bloating, PMS week, uh, muscle mass, lean body mass. It doesn't catch any of that. Okay. That really makes a lot of sense. 
Um, it's so funny because yesterday I put on some jeans Mm-hmm. and they were like total muffin top. Like I had to really stretch them on. And I don't remember the last time I wore them and it didn't do anything to me in my mind. So I'm like, I don't even know how old these are, but yeah. those would be an interesting pair because of how ingrained in my brain, my muffin top was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> use those pants. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the other thing that I thought was interesting was like, when I look at videos, when I was doing so much of the working out and all of that, mm-hmm. like my arms felt so like when I would do these videos and move my arms around, they were like toned. And now I can, they're like flubbery looking to me. And so just maybe noticing or even, um, so, so what are you what telling are you me about, the, about scale? the scale? Like what like is my, what is my actual, actual homework, homework here? here? Are you saying to lessen it? I'm saying like right now I was doing, roughly once a week. week. And it was fine. It's fine. It's fine to see little fluctuations. It doesn't like trigger me at all. Like to like up, up six or six or seven pounds was like, why? What did I do wrong? Yeah. I hear you and that it was super difficult to see that number jump up like that. But I'm just wondering if there's anything beneficial you can pull from this process. Anything that you can deem as okay or good. It was good. Yeah. That was really good to see. And if I didn't weigh, if I didn't weigh, I'd have, I already feel much more back to normal right now. Yeah. So I wouldn't have had that trigger happen, which was a good trigger to happen to talk to you. In terms of what you should do with the scale, I mean, if you're willing to let it go, I would. And let's just redefine like success. Wow. Oh. I have a little bit of resistance to that, but I'm willing to let it go for like a while Okay, and test it. And what's a bummer about the scale is then we let it determine our success. When in reality, you have done all these things that were different and you've really been working on your relationship with food and the scale doesn't capture that. And when it starts to override all those other things, it's probably not serving you. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to do inches. So here's what I'll do. I will go 30 days without the scale, sticking to all my metrics or not my metrics, my our soft goals that we have for, for eating the color, the protein, whatever else we have. And also I'll see how I feel about getting on the scale at 30 days before I get on. Like, do I really want to know? How do I feel? Cause the other fear for me is like, I literally feel incredible. I have so much energy. I think I look great. Mm-hmm. But if I get on this scale right now and it's not a certain number, is that going to make me feel a different way about all this work that we've done? Mm-hmm. So I will, uh, you know, and we'll talk before that, but to evaluate, like, do I actually want to know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good question. That is really, really a good question to ask yourself. And what my hope is, what I, and what my prediction is, Steph, is that you will get there and you're going to want to know. And you might get on, you might not, but it's going to start to lose its power. Because if you go 30 days without weighing yourself, you're building up 30 days of evidence of how powerful like your behavior changes are and how you can feel differently and more healthy without that scale. And then you get on the scale and you might have the initial like, oh, disappointment, it's not enough. Or you might have the initial excitement, but it's not it's one data point, you know, it's literally 30 seconds compared to 30 days worth of work. It's going to start to yeah. lose power. Okay, good. Just today, should I, and should I do one final way today or should I just leave it alone? I think I have one from yesterday. Just leave it alone. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this, but in my office, I have like a collection of scales that people have brought into me and I'm always like, I'll hold on to it until, um, you know, I won't do anything. If you want it back, nobody's ever wanted their scale back after 10 years. Nobody's ever wanted it back. This is so interesting. This is such a great, it's going to be good. I'm super excited.
Okay. But also, side so yeah. note, every time they bring it to me, they never want to drop it off. <laughs> Your resistance is super normal because it is something we've used for so long to tell us we're doing it right, we're doing it wrong. But I want to remind you of your 90-day goal, which is not that magic 10-pound weight goal. Your goal is actually to pull away from this obsession with that 10 pounds and find that food freedom. And I think this process of letting go of the scale, releasing some um, attachment to that number is going to help you release that final like string that's attaching you to some of that diet culture mentality that you've had in the past. It's, it's not in the number. Good. Nope. Okay. So other two were guilt around unhealthy foods and unhealthy food equals weight gain. Yeah. So for example, my mom had green chili chicken and gelatas, mm-hmm. you know, it's got all the cheese. It's super gooey. It's like what my dreams are made of. And for me, that goes in an unhealthy bucket. It goes a yummy bucket, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. unhealthy. Um, then we had cherry pie and pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Healthy buckets. Mm-hmm. Then we have um, whatever, like ranch. Okay, you want to put ranch on the salad instead of whatever. Yeah. That's okay. So for me, I'm like I have these specific, all the foods that are like high fat, high calorie, really, really savory, sugary. Mm-hmm. All of it equals unhealthy, bad guilt, weight gain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I shared that fact with you. The 3,500 calories. It takes 3,500 calories to gain a pound of body fat. Just to clarify, like when your weight fluctuates like that six pounds, it doesn't mean you gain six pounds of body fat. Okay. Um, so in order for someone to truly gain weight over a period of time, they have to eat at least 3,500 calories. And of course it, it's different depending on each person, but that's like the average stat, right? Yeah. What you're talking about though, is you're talking about eating all of this delicious, yummy bucket food in one setting over a short period of time. So, I mean, if we think about it in reality, yeah, if we eat that way for a week, chances are we're probably going to gain a couple pounds. But I think part of the food freedom goal that you're after is like understanding that that can happen, but that's okay. And then you get back to your normal, normal jam. And I really think of it like when you go on vacation, you spend money like you don't normally, right? You're eating out all the time. You're paying for a hotel, you're buying gas or air to fare, whatever it is, you're spending money like crazy. And then you come home and you go back to your normal budget. Yeah. It's like the same thing with holidays. It's you eat, you spend a little bit more color, or you, you know, in your food calories than you normally would, but you understand that that's okay. It's just part of it. And then you come back and you get back to your routine. You're already down three pounds. Some of it was probably PMS week, but I have no doubt if you did continue to weigh, it would still come back down. That, and, and I understand all of that. And that feels good. Like you're going to have these weird, not weird, but like um, off weeks or mm-hmm. special weeks or special mm-hmm. meals. And then again, the achiever in me, the check the box girl goes, great. So how often do I indulge in those? Not unhealthy, but well, they may, they are. Okay, fine. So they're, they're yeah. not green. They're not fruit. They're what, is there a number that I'm allowed? Should I like, is the, you know how there used to be the cheat meal? Yeah. Old Stephanie was like, okay, well, on Saturday, just eat literally everything you want because you're going to start keto again the next day. Right, right. No, and that's where you decide how you want to run that. You know, how often do you want to indulge in foods? Holidays are like one of the generic times that we do that. Um, But if you've got a goal now, which you do, I mean, the 10 pounds, you keep calling it the magic 10 pounds. A part of me is like, do you really want to lose 10 pounds? Or what is it that you're really after? You know, I just want to look fit. I want to look fit and healthy and semi-toned. Like I'm t- like, I don't like 
I can tell when I have the, the soft, like the softness. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm lifting and when I was doing my, which I just, it's only been six weeks. So it's like, okay, like mm-hmm. you just got back on that train. Like when I was really great at that, like I'm toned, I feel fit. My stomach feels flat. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, my confidence goes up. Everything fits. So if that's where you're at right now, then there's nothing wrong with deciding to have more intentional eating. And, you know, maybe you devote the next 30 days to making these, these choices that promote that goal or support that goal. Whereas you, the last few weeks have been indulging, enjoying, being with family. So what does that mean to me? Like, and even now, like, so what I feel like right now is if it's not a, a special thing, like if we go to Roz, like we're going to Rio Doso with Brad's family for uh, New Year's. Okay. I know that Jan's going to cook the way that Jan cooks a little bit healthier because her husband's actually now on keto. Okay. So anyways, it will be slightly lower carb and things of that nature. But like, if I'm away, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat unhealthy. But the only saving grace is that I can stop at a seven or eight now. I don't Mm -hmm. overeat anymore. And I feel so great about that. Mm -hmm. That was a huge problem when we started working together Mm -hmm. and I don't have it anymore. I feel in hundred percent control of when I put down my fork in and of itself, like a life-changing, amazing win. So thank you for that. Yes. (laughs) But, um, but then the second part of me is like, when I'm home, I've had the enchiladas in the fridge for three days. I don't want them. We ate them already. Now what? So I want to eat like this morning I had my veggie hash with the, Mm -hmm. with the turkey sauce. I wanted that. I wanted Mm -hmm. to eat the healthy stuff. When I'm at home, it's like this nice, easy routine. I'm craving healthier foods, Mm -hmm. the health shakes. And then maybe once a week, I'm like, Ooh, do you want a burger? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's like once a week that we're craving something just savory, delicious, or it's, but it's when you're, I'm out of my home that it's, I'm not in my element. Right. That is when yeah. What if you had more intentional eating and more like of a planned organized eating when you're home? And then, like you said, when you're doing special things or there's flexibility, cause then, cause the intuitive eating piece, like, I don't know if you remember when we first met stuff, you were like, I need a plan. What's my macros? What's my calories? You know, <laughs> no, no, no. Let's do hunger and satiety first. And so uh, you've done that work and it's serving you well, and it's serving you on those special occasions. But now I think would be a really good time to put together like a plan. Okay. When I'm at home, okay. here's my target. What an awesome session. So Steph and I ended up putting together a plan, which is probably different than when you would think of when I say meal plan. I think most of us, when we think of meal plan, we think of calories, macros, measuring all the food. No, what we did is we actually put together some targets for her to work towards um, throughout the days that she's at home and she wants to participate in a little bit more of an intentional eating pattern uh, to serve her goal. So we set some goals like eating a certain amount of fruits and veggies, certain amount of grains, specifically um, grains and proteins around workouts, and then again, trying to match some um, serving sizes. But one of the things I really love to do for my clients is set up these plans that allow, I do the calorie and the macro counting on the back end, and then I just help you figure out what that looks like on your plate. So we set that up for her. She's going to try that for a couple weeks. We'll follow up and see if she has any questions, and then we'll follow up at that 30-day mark to see how she's feeling um, without weighing. Ladies, I'm so glad you tuned in today. You know, I struggled with this too. It's like learning to sit with that discomfort in our weight fluctuations can be really, really challenging. So if you identified with any of the stuff that she was talking about today, uh, I encourage you, try the same thing. Let's go 30 days without the scale. This is the time that our culture really pushes weighing yourself 
and you know, getting up close and personal with the scale, but I want to challenge you to do the exact opposite. Let it go for 30 days and instead get really focused on some behavioral changes, whatever that looks like for you. See the pressure it will take off of you, see the freedom you will feel. And it's actually really empowering because then your success is entirely within your control. You know, we can't control that sometimes our weight is going to pop up because of (laughs) PMS week or sodium intake or poor sleep. Um, But we can control the choices that we make, you know, to go move our bodies, the way we take in food. We have a choice about all that. And I think you're going to feel really empowered putting your energy into those buckets instead of banking all of your success on the scale. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope today strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, please take a minute to head on over to iTunes, fuel her awesome podcast, and leave me a review. Ladies, can you imagine how much better our world would be if women everywhere were free from diet culture and misguided nutrition advice, and they had the ability to step into their full potential? If you have a girlfriend in mind that you know is amazing, but she's held back by body, diet, or diet culture hangups, please join the mission and share this episode on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you want more on overcoming body image and insecurity, my 10-step ebook is a great place to start. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and use the code LOVEMYBODY20 to save 20% through the end of January. Can't wait to chat more. Until next time, babes, cheers and happy eating.